Okay, so now you're back with this post-apocalyptic world you mentioned however many episodes ago. And as you go stumbling through this world, you start to realize that there is one bacteria in particular that has somehow been able to stave off all the effects of radiation coming from the nuclear fallout. Intrigued? You take a little bit of a closer look to learn more about it. We're going to be talking all about this incredible bacteria and how it withstands radiation on this episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. I, as always... I'm your host, Dr. K. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. Uh, If this is your first time tuning in, be sure to hit that follow button. Be sure to share this episode with your friends and family. And also be sure to follow us on the Instagrams at Science with Dr. K. That's Science with Dr. Underscore K. The link is in the show notes. Guys, guess what? This is the 26th episode of Short Stories of Bacteria, which means that we have been trundling along on this podcast for half a year Isn't that crazy? Isn't that so exciting? Thank you again for everyone who has listened and supported the podcast at this point, and I am looking forward to hitting many more milestones in the future. Um, But anyway, now that we've got that out of the way and we've dished out our hearty huzzas, um, this episode is actually based on another question we got from one of our listeners. Here's a shout-out to Zach from Wisconsin. If you have a question or if you know somebody who has a question that's related to bacteria or anything at all, feel free to message, message us on the Instagram page. Uh, again, that username is Science with Dr. K. Okay, so Zach's question was actually about radioactive bacteria. Uh, now, I have not been living under a rock, so I'm actually quite familiar with the fact that it turns out that there was a movie out somewhat recently that very closely associates itself with radioactive radioactivity. Um, and so I'm sure there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast, or just a lot of people in general, who may have seen the movie Oppenheimer and then were wondering to themselves, well, gee, I wonder if a bacteria could survive something like that. Now, The short answer to that question is obviously yes, otherwise we wouldn't have much of an episode. Um, But if we're going to jump into this topic, what let's do is let's jump all the way in and let's spend a little bit of time learning a bit about radiation, um, about how it works, and then what kind of obstacles it presents for organisms that want to survive its effects. Okay, so let's kick this off by, hmm, let's kick this off by just establishing what radiation is. So radiation, you can think about it according to the CDC. Um, It's actually just a form of energy that comes from a particular source and then travels through space at the speed of light, okay? You can just think about it as just like a form of energy that's emitted by something, right? And either through electromagnetic waves or particles, this energy can be emitted from a particular source, and then it can be transmitted to another particular source, okay? Like the good example, of course, is the super easy example would be something like sunlight. Sunlight emits a lot of radiation, And that radiation is transmitted to us whenever we experience either the waves or particles from the sun. Okay? So that's one example for you there. Um, Now, there's a couple of different kinds of radiation. I mentioned two of them, right? The electromagnetic wave radiation. Um, There's also the particle radiation. There's also something I figured out recently called acoustic radiation, which sounds really, really cool. But um, something that's really, really important to understand about radiation is that there are different levels Um, or different modes, I guess, uh, different levels is a better way of phrasing it, of radiation that have different impacts on matter, right? So this is energy that's hitting matter. So depending on the level of that energy, it's going to impact matter differently. Importantly, there's this really big distinction between that's called 
ionizing and non-ionizing radiation. Okay, ionizing radiation is this form of radiation that has enough energy so it can ionize actual atoms and molecules. And all that means is it can change the way that atoms and molecules typically behave by breaking chemical bonds or even changing the charge of certain atoms or molecules. Okay, non-ionizing radiation, on the other hand, just doesn't do that. Okay, so there's a those are the two big categories, ionizing and non-ionizing. Now, this is very, very cool. And actually, um, if you are a physicist, you may be super into this sort of thing. I'm a biologist, so, I mean, it's it's cool, but it's not, not the coolest thing in my mind. But anyway, um, it's very, very cool in general. And a lot of research goes into studying that radiation and the ways that radiation can impact, you know, molecules and atoms and things like this. But let's look at this from a biological standpoint, as is our want. You and I, and bacteria, and everything else are made up of just um, conglomerations, collaborations, mixtures of atoms and molecules, right? And if we're fundamentally built up of these specific combinations of atoms and molecules, then getting hit by a lot of ionizing radiation is going to be super, super dangerous because it literally tears apart the fabric of our bodies, right? It tears up the way that those atoms and molecules interact. And so it literally tears us apart, right? Now, wait a minute, Dr. K, you say, I'm bewildered and slightly alarmed. I've been hearing a lot about radiation recently. I've heard actually that there's radiation all around us. In fact, Dr. K, I'm very smart. See, I've learned that something like a banana actually has a high amount of potassium and that potassium can be radioactive. Are you telling me that we're going to die from eating bananas? Well, good for you. You're very smart indeed. Yes, it is true that there's a high amount of potassium in bananas, and yes, it is also true that the potassium can be radioactive. However, with all of these things, right, it's important to remember the scale. We get exposed to radiation all the time, it turns out. We get exposed to radiation from the sun, as we mentioned before. We get exposed to radiation from lights in different rooms. We get exposed to radiation from bananas. The important thing, as always, is asking whether the radiation is enough to, number one, be ionizing, and number two, is that ionizing radiation enough to really damage our DNA and our cells and the things that actually hold us together. Now, it turns out with the potassium from bananas, you would actually have to consume an ungodly amount of bananas in order to get an actually dangerous level of radiation. In fact, if you were to consume 100 bananas every single day, that would only equal the amount of radiation that you would typically interact with on your normal everyday situation, right? So don't worry, go ahead, eat all the bananas you want. As long as you're not eating more than 100, you should be totally fine. Um, but on the flip side of this, if you do expose yourself to too much radiation, or if you were near where an atomic bomb were going to go off, if there was too much radiation around, this could lead to some really, really dangerous effects and typically cause death. Again, think again how this radiation works. It works by ionizing, by, um, by stripping away bonds that are found in some of the most fundamental pieces of our body, right? The most obvious, most dangerous instance of this would be our DNA. Our DNA, the blueprint of ourselves, right? The blueprint of everything that makes us up. If we mess that up, if we strip that apart due to radiation, then it can lead to some really, really dangerous and deadly impacts. In fact, it's this type of radiation damage um, that leads to things like radiation-based mutation. And these radiation-based mutations, that's the basis for things like, oh, I don't know, the Incredible Hulk or Godzilla, something like this, right? I think that's generally how it works. Like Godzilla and the Incredible Hulk got hit by some kind of radiation, and then that turned them into... Godzilla or the Incredible Hulk, right? So anyway, um, the main point being that radiation, as it ionizes things, as it tears apart things at the chemical bond level, it can mess up things like our DNA and lead to things like mutations. Now, if you continue to expose yourself to radiation after this, it can lead to even 
worse and even more dangerous and immediate impacts where you can have just situations like radiation poisoning, right? And that just, that kills you usually within, I guess it really varies depending on how much radiation you get, but it'll kill you. Um, So the long and short of it is that radiation, while it is part of our everyday life, what's really important is not that we are getting exposed to radiation, but the amount of radiation that we're being exposed to. And is that enough to damage ourselves and our DNA? Now, Dr. K, you say, I'm sick of hearing about all this radiation. I want to hear more about the bacteria. This is the bacteria podcast. Can you tell me a little bit more about this bacteria thing you've been going on and on about? Yes, yes. Let us finally start talking about this bacteria. And this bacteria is actually really, really cool because it can withstand an ungodly amount of extreme environments and ranging from super, super hot to super, super cold to even extremely radioactive. This bacteria is called Dinococcus radiodurans or D-radiodurans, however you want, wish to call it. Um, it also goes by the name Conan the Bacterium, which is a pretty fun name for those of you guys who are familiar with Conan the, the Barbarian. But it's been found in a bunch of really, really extreme ranges of environments with um, environments so high in radiation that it would just it would kill humans super super quick like for example this bacteria can survive 1 million rads of radiation without any problems whatsoever as opposed to humans where just like a thousand rads would kill a human in just a week or so right it's super super tough not only this you will find this this bacteria deradiodurans on the inside of nuclear reactors undergoing an, an incredible amount of radiation on a continuous basis, right? So there's a whole bunch of radiation that they're having to deal with, and they're coming out just fine. Now, at this point, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, gee, how in the heck is this bacteria surviving these incredible situations? Does it have, um, maybe does it have some way of evading all the radiation? Does it have some way of shielding itself from the radiation? I always thought that bacterial cell walls were a little more sensitive than that. How are they able to withstand this radiation? Excuse me. Well, it turns out that uh, the rules of radiation don't just stop because they have to deal with a bacteria, right? Just as our DNA, just as our cells get pelted with radiation, so too does this bacteria. Just like our DNA gets shredded by radiation, the DNA from D-radiodurans also gets shredded by radiation. But the difference is how we respond to that shredding. So D-radiodurans has this really, really cool ability to repair its own DNA really rapidly. It does this by generating a whole bunch of different copies of its own genome, right? So multiple targets for the radiation to hit, right? And it also has a whole bunch of proteins that are able to repair DNA. These DNA repair proteins, super, super common, but they have a whole bunch of really, really, uh, maybe tough isn't the right word. High fidelity may not be the right word, but they're really, really efficient, right? So that means that um, after that DNA has been broken, the deradiodurins repair enzymes are able to just fix it all up. And even if it, they aren't able to completely fix it all up, they have a several backups worth of genomes that they can use to continue to keep their cells or to keep themselves moving along just fine, right? So that means that whereas our genome would be absolutely decimated by exposure to a high level of radiation, deradiodurans is able to withstand that level of radiation just by putting together its genome back or putting its genome back together, excuse me, in a really, really quick way. So in this way, it can withstand all those huge amounts of radiation and survive even something like a nuclear apocalypse when all the other organisms, or at least most of the other organisms, excuse me, would be toasted long before that. It's an absurdly resilient organism, super, super cool. Um, And so, yeah, that's what we wanted to talk about today. But as always, let us take this from the top and put a bow in this episode. We can get out of here. Number one, radiation is a type of energy 
that is emitted from a source and travels through space at the speed of light. Number two, this radiation can be transmitted to other things. And really strong forms of radiation can even ionize molecules and atoms, essentially breaking chemical bonds. Number three, dangerous radiation like ionizing radiation in high levels can be deadly for organisms such as us by breaking cells, mutating DNA, and just causing overall chaos by breaking apart chemical bonds. Number four, there's an organism called deradiodurans that is able to withstand an absurd amount of radiation, surviving even to the point of living in nuclear reactors. And finally, number five, it survives this radiation by keeping multiple copies of its genome on hand and having a lot of DNA repair proteins on hand to quickly repair its genome if radiation ever causes damage to the DNA. It's a really, really cool story. It's a really, really cool organism. And it's another neat instance of just how... Um, just how resilient bacteria are in the face of some of the most extreme environments. Um, it's also kind of cool to know that, you know, we'll never be totally free of our bacteria, even if we undergo a nuclear apocalypse. But other than that, guys, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today. And I cannot wait to chat with you all next week on another episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. I'm Dr. K. See you later.